0: Thank you for joining us today for the Christ First podcast. Okay,
1: this is so fun to finally have our first podcast together. I
0: know, yeah. First of many, yes.
1: First of lots and lots and lots. Alrighty, so, hmm. okay, so we've had two podcasts uh, so far that have gone live, and uh, specifically, Cami Barrett talked a lot about having some doubts creep in because of church history that she learned and we see that a lot going on right now specifically and i just had some thoughts that i think help have helped me and uh after i've come out of those times when i've learned things that were new to me that didn't feel right so i kind of wanted to talk about them with you awesome i love that okay awesome there was this anthropologist that uh, presented this article in the 1940s about this tribe that he had studied. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about kind of the things that they do because it's a little strange. So here's um, one fundamental belief of this tribe called the Nasirma is that the body is ugly and prone to weakness. Therefore, man uses ritual and ceremony to avert his vulnerability. Homes have shrines made of stone for these customs, and those with more money have even many shrines in their homes. The rituals that occur in the shrines are private, discussed only with children when they are being taught the rituals. The shrine's focal point is a box of potions built into the wall. The potions are obtained from medicine men who write the ingredients of the potion in a secret language in exchange for gifts. Herbalists decode the writing and the nasirma provide gifts in exchange for the prescribed charms. The charms are kept in the charm box after they are used where they are saved for specific ills. Often the charm box overflows with these magical packets, the natives forgetting their intended use. Yet the people seem to feel protection from the charms. Under the charm box is a font where people clean themselves each day. The water that comes out is holy, coming from the community water temple where it is made pure in elaborate ceremonies. So, this uh, that's just one part of his article, and it's really interesting. And we kind of look at that and be like, "Wow, that's very a lot of stuff that <laughs> that we don't do." Um, but Carly, would you be surprised if I told you that? nisirma is just american spelled backwards and it's about us
0: (laughs) what
1: yeah yeah it's just and this is the 1940s so what he's describing is a medicine like cabinet so it's just like our daily creams we put on our faces the medicines we get from the uh from the doctor and his secret language is just you know doctor script without like more context, this really seems odd, and these things feel really strange to talk about, uh, but it is just it is just us in a different light. So there's this poem by Alexander Pope called "A Little Learning." And I'll read it to you, and don't worry if you don't understand it. We'll kind of go over it afterwards. But a little learning is a dangerous thing. Drink deep or taste not the and spring. Their shallow draughts intoxicate the brain and drinking largely sobers us again. Fired at first sight with, the, with what the muse imparts, in fearless youth we tempt the heights of arts. While from the bounded level of our mind, short views we take, nor see the lengths behind. But more advanced, behold, with strange surprise, new distant scenes of endless science rise. So pleased at first, the towering Alps we try, mount over vales and seem to tread, tread the sky. The eternal snows appear already past, and the first clouds and mountains seem the last. But those attained we tremble to survey the growing labors of the lengthened way. The increasing prospects tire our wandering eyes. Hills peep over hills, and Alps on Alps
0: arise. So tell me your thoughts right off the bat. The natural man, when he's given any piece of information, wants to take a stance on it. And immediately you know, one way or or another for it or against it without knowing more information or or seeing the whole picture. Yeah, I, I think I love I
1: love how you said that. Uh we are a cause driven people, it seems. We really like to we really like to sound smart and we really like to develop opinions. I I think that's a personality thing, but I think most people would say or we'd agree that most people are like that. I love, though, that he says there's like an antidote to this just small amount of information that we take in. Uh, the The small amount can like intoxicate us, he says. Their shallow draughts intoxicate the brain, but drinking largely sobers us again. And I think that is repeated again at the very end when, when on this journey, this person has increasing prospects tiring their eyes and hills peep over hills and alps upon alps arise so we understand actually there's a lot more information to take in and it's more than i ever imagined and we almost have the sense of humility come upon us there's a saying by socrates the only true wisdom is in knowing you know nothing
0: wow yeah
1: and i really like that i think so much of learning about the church's history, and any history really, uh, is having humility. I heard about this, this professor that taught history, and he had everybody in his class raise their hand if they would have been against slavery if they lived in the 1800s, and they all raised their hands. And what his sobering thought for everybody was, actually, no, it's really ignorant to think that you would have been because it was just a different understanding that everybody had at that time and it yeah. wasn't the popular thought to be against slavery uh so i love i love what socrates says it is wisdom to know you know nothing and i kind of go into studying church's history like yeah, that. that's
0: really really interesting from
1: from my understanding about learning about the church's history is that it's not scary. Like many others, I have, uh, I thought, oh, I'm going to look into this because this person is wavering in the gospel and I want to help them. So I have had those journeys through the muck of the internet, trying to understand what they know so that I can, I can help them out. And I know what that really icky feeling is and that feeling of betrayal that can come just it is it does feel like just the spirit leaves you and i think that has a lot to do with the sources we're looking at i know there's a professor at BYU i can't remember his name it is but he talks a lot about studying with a lens of trust many of us like me i have a i have a testimony of joseph smith and i have a testimony that he was guided by christ in everything that he was r- revealing and so when i go back to these Happenings of church history. I have a lens of trust because I trust Joseph Smith. I already have that testimony built, and I know I I don't want to I don't want to break it down. So, um, that's that's the lens I'm going through. But if you if you if you struggle with it, um, you may be going in with a lens of skepticism, and that can be really hard. Terrell and Fiona Givens, they are the ones who write a lot of the "Come Follow Me." for, for the church. And there's this really great, great quote by them. Doubt for us leads to the capacity to ask genuine questions. And a genuine question is a question born out of sincerity and a yearning to know. So I don't think we should be afraid of the doubts that we have. It breeds sincerity
0: to know if we're curious, I think,
1: I think that has a lot to do
0: with it. Yeah. I was just going to say, um, there's, that talk that I'm currently obsessed with by, um, Elder Corbridge. And he, he talks about doubt and he's like, he says, I get worried when people say that they, they doubt something or they have doubts. He's like, and goes on to say, I understand more when they say they have questions. It seems like there's another talk that's popping into my head or a quote that says like doubt your doubts before you doubt your fear maybe yeah doubt your
1: doubts don't doubt your faith I think
0: nobody is going to have all the information just just like you you shared that professor said and um at least that's where I put my faith (laughs) is in heavenly father that he has all the information he knows the intents of people's heart I don't yeah I i think i think a lot i i I love a lot of what you
1: said and i think it does lean into different people's personalities too because a lot of the people who maybe are having doubts and don't feel like they have feel that feeling of betrayal like they haven't been taught what they uh, are now struggling with um they want to know i think and they want to look for this information And I, I think it requires a lot of work to read and guess what, there is so much to consume. I think people don't actually know how much there is. If you take a look at the Joseph Smith papers, if you really want to know who Joseph Smith was, pick up one of those books and just start reading. There's so much. I don't think that there should be room for criticism of Joseph Smith before you're willing to put in the work to know him.
0: It, there was a quote going around. Oh, it's that term. 20- it's like a cog- cognitive dissonance. <laughs> oh, yes. I've heard that so many times. Yeah. Because yeah. A, a lot of people have brought that up to me. So I I thought about that for a long time. And I was like, you know, I just don't think that's what it is. I have been blessed with the ability to discern spirits. Feeling the spirit and not feeling the spirit both come very easily to me and being able to recognize that. So, anytime I would, you know, try to think about the CES letter or other letters like it, when I tried to do that, like, I don't think I even read like three words. I was just like, this is just not for me. Like, the spirit's gone and this wasn't written with the intent to spread positive truth and light. You can't fact check faith and faith is is things that are not seen. That's the only way that we can go about it. Think about people throughout the scriptures, look at Laman and Lemuel who saw angels multiple times and still would end up Murmuring, and that's not just in
1: the Book of Mormon. It's also yeah, lots of times in the Bible. Saul, uh, not not Paul. Saul, but Saul David. Saul that happened to him a lot. So yeah,
0: yeah. Even if all of these things are true, it still doesn't apply to my own faith, and it also doesn't apply to the doctrine that we we practice and the doctrine in the scriptures. One thing that I've thought a lot about is, and I want to get your take on it, is what do you feel like were those influences on Joseph Smith to do, you know, different things like marry 14 year olds?
1: Yes, that was true. Joseph Smith had a uh, ceiling to a 14 year old girl. It was, I believe, Heber C. Kimball's daughter. I think that Joseph Smith was exuberant and excited and knew so much more about the laws that encompass eternity, specifically sealing, that he was willing to marry seal people to him so they could have exaltation and not only did he marry this 14 year old girl but he also was sealed to I I think she was 57 years old this woman who was single and they just got sealed like in a living room I think it was Brigham Young who sealed them this woman had been saying like you know Joseph I would just be happy if I were an angel in heaven I never have to like make it to the celestial kingdom and he rebuked her and he said you do not know what you're talking about Mm -hmm. because he knew he knew the blessings that come from sealing that's one of his wives but this 14 year old never any sexual relations i mean we know so much about ceilings what was known about them in the 1800s and a lot of the a lot of it was friendship and that was one of the ways that heber c kimball could be connected to joseph smith was through his daughter that could be its whole podcast is is unboxing what polygamy is and i have such a reverence for polygamy and love for those who are willing to enter into it and i can't wait to talk about that more in a, in a future podcast the point of that is that there's context behind everything that joseph smith did and you can look at it just like we were talking about the nasirma people we know those things are true those things are the facts but We get a completely different picture and understanding of who these people are, just with that little information. There's so much context. There's a quote by Elder Holland, Um, it's from his talk, Broken Things to Mend. In this church, there is an enormous amount of room and scriptural commandment for studying and learning, for comparing and considering, for discussion and awaiting further revelation we all learn line upon line precept upon precept with the goal being authentic religious faith informing genuine christ-like living
0: i love that
1: there's another quote by elder holland i'll read real quick when we join the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints we board the good ship zion and sail with her wherever she goes until she comes into that millennial port we stay in the boat through squalls and stills through storms and sunburn because that is the
0: only way to the promised land what what a visual (laughs) i think that just goes to show that it's like all of this takes work yeah it's not it's not going to be easy it's not going to be popular it's going to take work but it's going to be worth it well i was so excited to talk to
1: you about all this tonight and i hope my prayer is that something we said tonight will help someone's testimony and help them keep their feet in the good ship Zion and know that the Lord is in all things and that they can, they can continue to be patient for the revelation that they need to continue on. Or, uh, just, we, I hope we strengthen someone's testimony tonight.
0: Yeah. Amen. Thank you so much, Bailey. Yeah. I appreciate your,
1: your knowledge anytime and I <laughs> so I So will... glad
0: you went through it so I don't have to <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah I I'm just grateful um I'm grateful that the gospel allows us to share things uh, even though we're not experts because I am not an expert I have no col- no college degree I've tried to, to go to college so many times and uh, but I, I do have a testimony of the, the truthfulness of the gospel and I know that Joseph Smith was a inspired prophet till the end and i'm excited to share more about um the information that has led the revelation that's led to me having that testimony but uh, i hope everyone has a good night and a good day wherever whatever time they're listening to our podcast
0: please join us again next friday for another episode of the christ first podcast